You're listening to Comedy Central. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for um, waiting for it yesterday. Got it out a little late because on Monday night when I usually send in Tuesday's podcast, the power went out. You guys heard it live on the episode yesterday. It went out. It never came back on. I was really trying to have a good attitude about it. And I did, honestly. I just, um, you know, accepted it. Just went into the refrigerator very quickly to get what I needed. Um, ate at by candlelight. Played Scrabble with my family. Um, we laid around. My dad was laying on the floor a lot recently. Um, like a dreamy teenager. But it's because he has sciatica. And he's in, like, chronic pain all the time. And, um... So he's laying on the floor. I was on the couch. My mom was in the chair. Um, she's in pain too. She has like uh, lung issues. And I said yesterday, she, you, she's always complaining about her, her lung and like how it hurts. And yesterday I made the mistake of being like, what if you have, and she doesn't go do anything about it. She never goes to the doctor. And so I said, what if you have cancer? Like, honestly, what, you're just going to take ibuprofen until your cancer just like goes away. Like the, and then she was like, D- why would you say that? And I'm like, because I don't know, you smoked for fucking 35 years, maybe more. Um, my mom did quit smoking like 10 years ago. I'm so proud of her for it because we just never thought that would happen. But I just, I'm, I'm very confused by my family members who don't do anything about feeling sick. So I needed to scare her. And then later on in the night, she was like, what if I have cancer? And I was like, I'm the first person that... Have you ever Googled any of your symptoms? You would think you have cancer almost constantly. So I felt bad because a lot of times I do believe that you can like give yourself cancer by just worrying about having cancer. And I know those of you out there who have had cancer are probably going to be like, fuck you, Nikki. I didn't. It's not in my mind. But I do think you can bring on illnesses by having by thinking about it too much. I don't think that's the only way to cause it. But that's so I was starting to worry that, oh, my God, my mom is going to like manifest cancer because I told her that she should worry about it. Whatever. Um, She finally she made a doctor's appointment yesterday, though, because I scared her. So maybe it worked. Uh, My mom and I are. uh, Oh, so like last night we were all like laying about um, in the den and usually we're watching TV in that kind of triad, that triangle of my dad on the floor, my mom on the couch. My mom's usually on the couch. Last night I was. She's in a chair and we were just listening to. Um, Sam Harris, uh, like lessons on the waking up app, which I love. And one of them was about gratitude and about, um, about how there are at least if you're able to listen to, like, I can even say what he said last night. And I think this is just valuable. If you're listening to this podcast right now, just by virtue of being able to have the time or the luxury of listening to a podcast, you have a life that probably a billion people currently living on this planet, a billion people would consider their prayers answered if they could switch places with you because they're living in you know war famine um those are the only bad things i can think of right now but um that's what he said and i know he he knows his numbers at least but that's got to be true you know there's how many six billion people at this point in the world I, i remember it being five i just bumped it up to six because people be fucking man um but like, yeah, I would say a fifth of the world if would, would he said, would consider their prayers answered if they could switch places with you. No matter how bad you have it, the, the idea that you're even able to listen to a podcast means your life is not as bad as that. And so that was just like a lesson in gratitude. And I know I know that's not always good to be like, oh, 
don't complain. Think of how other people have it. They're starving kids in Africa, but there are, <laughs> and it could be worse. He also referenced, and I know you could just go listen to it, but I don't think you will, so I'm just going to tell you. He also referenced a, a moment of his own life where he was at dinner with his family and everyone was in a bad mood. The kids were in a bad mood. His wife was in a bad mood. He was in a bad mood, had a million things on his mind that he had to get to. And he just stopped for a second and thought, if I lost all of this tomorrow, if you know somehow I, if I died or if my family died or something happened where all of this was gone tomorrow, I would give anything for this moment. Even with the current state of agita at the table, I would give anything. So it's it, when you think of life that way, when you're in your most, it was really great for us to listen to because we're sitting there in the dark. Our house is like getting super hot by the second because it's so hot in St. Louis and our AC isn't on. It's the dark. The dogs are confused. We're none of us are tired. We have to go to bed soon just because it's dark and there's nothing to do. We're just like so like. <laughs> And then it was like, oh, my God, this is actually like if my dad died tomorrow, I would give anything to be in a powerless house with my dad on the floor making sounds like about a sciatica. I would give anything for that if I lost him tomorrow. So it made me really appreciate that. And maybe that will help you appreciate whatever you're going through when you're, you know, even being stuck in traffic. You can go, oh, my God, if I lost the ability to drive or to be out and about independently how much I would long to be stuck in traffic in my own car you know things like that it was just it was a good reminder he also talked about how everything you do and this fucks this fucks with my head a little bit you never know if it's the last time you're gonna do it so if you look at everything in your life like it might be the last time you'll have a better appreciation for things for instance, maybe that's the last time I'll ever be in this house that I grew up in that has lost power so many times and we've had to play Scrabble by candlelight to pass the time and it's annoying and it's not as good as watching TV or Netflix or um, searching, being on my phone or just being in a well-lit room. But maybe that's the last time I'll ever be in my house with the lights out and being without power. And there's something sad about that if it's the last time. I, yeah, I don't, want, I, I don't want it to happen again. But if someone told me that was the last time that would ever happen, there'd be a little bit of like a nostalgia there and like sadness. I'm not good with the last time. I don't like things being the last time I'll ever do this, the last time I'll ever. I don't like goodbyes. I don't like leaving things. I'm not good at saying goodbye. Um, I don't, when I'm moving out of an apartment, I don't like to like look behind me and like really take it in. I just want to leave. I don't want to say goodbye. I don't want to like have a significant moment because it's just too much to handle that I'll never live there again. And there's a lot of places I've never wanted to live again, but I'd rather just leave in the night and, and, and not actually have like a moment of like reflection on the fact that I'll never do this again. I'd rather just be in denial and think, oh, I could, I guess I could live here again. But there is a last time you'll do literally everything. Anything that you do, there will be a last time for it. So if you think of every moment like it might be the last time, you can find significance and and um, appreciation for even the worst moments. Like there will be a last time that I yell fuck you to my mom. Just kidding. I don't yell that anymore, but I did as a teen. But there will be a last time that my mom and I get into an argument. There'll be a, the, a last time. And 
although I hate arguments, I don't want their, I don't want that. I always want a chance that there could be more, but someday there will be a last time. And will I know that it's the last time when it's happening? Probably not. So I thought that was interesting and I hope that you got something out of that spiel. Um, I got to spend all day with my parents, which I'm actually really grateful for, even though it was painful. Um, because I'm looking at apartments to move into and my parents met me, went with me to meet a realtor out and we saw five places around the St. Louis area, both to rent and to buy. And um, I was just feeling very, very sad during it. And I'm almost getting like choked up thinking about it because I just don't want to live alone. Um, I mean, I, I like being alone. I like when my parents go to their river cabin and I have their house, their house to myself, but they're always going to come back and everything reminds me of them. Like I am living at home because I want to at this point, not because I have to. And someone wrote to me saying, you're not a loser for living at home when you're 36. Stop being so down on yourself. I don't know what to do about you. If you think that I'm constantly down on myself and have... I'm saying negative stuff every day. I'm trying not to. It's not who I want to be on podcast. I'm just being myself. So when you write me and say that I'm down on myself a lot and you wish I weren't, that's not helping, honestly. But I am trying to be more positive, if you haven't noticed. I really am. But I was very depressed today. And we were touring all these apartments, and I was just picturing myself in them. And I'm like, they're like, oh, you could really entertain. a. Uh, you could have a dinner party in this room. And I'm like, I don't cook. I don't like having people in my own space. I don't like entertaining. That's never going to happen. I wish I was someone that, that liked entertaining people and having game nights. I mean, like, I guess I could, but I truly don't have any friends in town. I don't really want to make friends. I'm scared of making friends. My dad suggested I join a running club, so I looked up one of those. I might do that. Um, I just want my old friends back, my friends in New York. You know, the the people I hung out with there. I want to go. I want my friends in L.A. Um, when I lived there, I don't want to I or I want my high school friends here, but they're long gone. I don't want to make new friends, you guys. I just don't. And a lot of people have reached out who listen to the podcast and were like, I'll hang out with you. And it's really nice, but I'm scared to make new friends. First of all, I don't do anything extremely that social. I don't drink. I don't smoke weed anymore. Um, I guess we could watch a TV show together or we could just go like talk at a bar or, or a cafe or something but I don't really know what there is to talk about because we don't have common friends and com- like my my friends have been comedians and people I've worked with for the past 20 years that's been my friend group and now comedy doesn't exist anymore and that community doesn't really exist anymore for me so yes I've, I've talked to friends on the phone all the time but I don't have anyone in the city I'd really hang out with and I I don't even know if I want to find it I was looking at places today and thinking maybe I just need to move to California and move to L.A. Or maybe I just need to go back to New York. Um, or maybe I need to go to fucking Denver. I have a best friend who lives there. However, I don't think my problem is where I am geographically. I think that whatever I'm dealing with right now in terms of sadness is going to follow me wherever. And I really don't want to be away from my family. I love them too much. And I just spent the last 20 years, you know, off and on. Since gra- I mean, I graduated in 2002, so like 18 years I've spent away from them. And it's it's better with them. I like living in the same town as my family. I just dig it. Um, so I guess I got to get friends. That's what it tells me. I just got to get friends. There was a really sad moment that I'm even re- reluctant to tell you about because it's kind of heartbreaking. I should write it into a show. 
but um we were touring this apartment that just felt so cold and like it was so expensive too i think this place was like five hundred thousand dollars for like a two-bedroom apartment in a really nice building in a nice part of town and i say that with quotes around it it's just like so much of st louis is just like oh it's nice because we said it is and because there's a you know there's like a hit bar on the corner and you know all these boot and a boutique and a med spa it's just like there's really no character to these places there are places in st louis with character central west end tower grove demund but sorry clayton you don't have a personality and i don't want to move into you even though everyone's like you gotta live in clayton i'm like clayton just reminds me of where i had to go to court when i was how old was i god 20 i got sued by a guy I hit with my car when I was 16. It's a long story. But it just, the courts are down in this area. But there's also like a cool strip of bars. It's literally like half a block. What is this motherfucker doing? I'm sitting on my parents' front porch. And this guy keeps, they live on a cul-de-sac. And he keeps driving down and circling the end of the cul-de-sac. I swear to God, when I'm out here doing the podcast, people just like tend to walk their dogs a little bit more. Come outside. And just, what is he doing? I have like road rage right now and I'm for this car and I'm on my front porch sitting. God. Oh, he's parking. Why did he go around twice? What an idiot. God, I'm so, I'm so angry. Nikki, this might be the last time you get angry at a car. Just appreciate this moment. Oh my God, that honestly worked. Because what if I die tonight and that's the last time I get mad irrationally? That would be kind of sad. Okay, I'm going to appreciate the fact that I just did that. Thank you, Sam Harris. So we were in this really stupid apartment that cost way too much and made me very, very sad because I was like, I would feel so lonely here. And um, and it was the last apartment we saw and the real estate agent is this really nice woman um, who was showing us around. First time I met her was today. And um, young, like woman my age has two kids, a husband lives down the street from my parents in like a cute neighborhood. Not a place I want to live because I don't have a family. And, of course, she has a family. And I'm, um, and she was um, she was asking me what I was looking for in a place. She's like, so what are you into? And I was like, and I had just gotten done kind of almost crying in the car on the way in between two apartments because I was like, I don't have any front. Like, I'm realizing looking at these places, I'm, I don't want to move because I, there's all I hang out with is my parents. That's my social network. And... I'm just going to move somewhere and just sit around alone. I just don't want that. And my dad's like, well, you could do this. You could join a... That's why my dad said I should join a running club. And I was like, that's not a bad idea, dad. My dad just is like so simple and so smart and like doesn't ever get stressed out about anything. He's just like, just do this. And it's like, he's just so easygoing. My dad has literally no anxiety, even though his back is killing him. And I swear to God, it's just stress. He doesn't seem to be someone who suffers ever. Socially, he loves meeting new people. He loves doing activities. I really wish I were more like him. I really do. I would give anything to be more like my dad in that respect and less of him physically. No, I'm actually, I'm really happy that I have my dad's physique. It's pretty sweet. Um, <laughs> we have the same legs. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, and the same feet. Oh, it's it's weird. Um. And the same ass. I mean, I could keep going. So we were talking in the car on the way to this house, and I was just kind of being depressed, Nikki, which was just like, you know, nihilist. Nothing's going to get better. 
I don't even want to live anywhere. I just want to keep living with you guys. I don't want to do anything. I don't want to make new friends. I don't want to do this. I don't even, I would need to find a husband because I want just a husband to help me pick out a place. I don't want to make this decision alone. I want to be on a team with someone and like be doing this with someone. I don't want to do this alone, but I'm not interested in any guys. I'm just not, and I had to specify, I'm not interested in girls either. I'm just, I don't, I don't want, I don't think I'm ready for a relationship right now. And although I want one so badly, I really don't. It's both I do want one and both I, and also I don't. I don't want to put in the effort it takes to get one. And um, I don't know that I really want to open up to someone in that way yet. I just, I want to work on myself a little bit more. Anyway, I was getting really sad, and then we went to see this dumb apartment. It was even sadder. And the woman's asking me, like, okay, just to, so I can figure out what maybe how to refine your search so that the next time we go out, we're looking at places you want. Like, what are you into? And I was like, honestly, I my life blew up. I used to have a really full life in New York. I had a job that I went to f four days a week. I was traveling every weekend. I had friends that I hung out with every single night at different comedy clubs. They'd meet me for dinner, whether they were comedians or not, and we'd hang out, and then I'd do a set, and then I'd go home, and then I'd start over the next morning. I I didn't have room for hobbies. I didn't have uh, – my job was my hobby. My job – my friends were my job. And and I go, I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I don't really have hobbies. I like to read. I like to look on my phone and read different fun, interesting things on my phone. I like going on Reddit. I like comedy. I like watching comedy things. I like um, self-help, but I don't like any like activities. I like a park. I like a stroll in a park. I, I, I'm, and I'm, then I'm just starting to make things up. I like to hang outside with my dog. Like I just, I was like, I like to sit on a patio. I like to um, pickleball. No, I didn't say that. My parents were there, so they kept kept me pretty accountable. My mom would have been like, the, the fuck you do if I would have said like an activity like paddleboarding or something. I did that once. I really don't have hobbies. So anyway, and I go, I just, honestly, I'm just gonna be honest with you. I don't have, I'm not gonna have dinner parties. I don't need a dining room. I am a pretty introverted person. I'm probably just gonna use my place to like hole up and be alone. I don't need a lot of space. I don't need four bedrooms. I need two bedrooms. One of them's gonna be a radio studio. I don't know what I'm looking for. And I go, I, I go to be honest with you. I just, I don't have any friends here and she goes I'll, I'll be your friend and it was like so heartbreaking it was like the, and she meant it too which I don't know why she would want to be my friend I was such a pill today just like one word answers not trying to be a bitch but I just was not I was just so depressed looking at places I don't know that I want to live here I like living with my parents I don't want to leave yet I'm feeling a very um uh I'm feeling a failure to launch is how I'm feeling um and there's other circumstances that fall, are falling into, like, there's other reasons why I'm feeling this way. I don't want to go into detail, but, yeah, I'm just feeling down about my future and, and uncertain about it. But I am feeling hopeful that um, this is only temporary, you know, and I'm constantly working on things getting better. My life is pretty fucking great. I have a great career. I'm going on tour soon. I have so many friends that I connect with on FaceTime and um, texting constantly and you know I think I'm just mourning the loss of a life that I haven't really thought about that I won't get back and that maybe that was the last time I w will be at the comedy cellar with all my friends like the last time we all got together 
and we're just like eating a fucking hummus plate together and laughing and drawing dicks on the table and going downstairs and doing a set and then coming back up and there's new people at the table and people are stopping by and then we go out on the street and smoke some weed and all of that. Maybe that was the last time I'll ever do that. And now I'm just kind of realizing it, it, it certainly is the last time we'll do it with that kind of attitude. We were so naive and that's sad. But her saying, I'll be your friend was just, I mean, guys, that's what you say to someone who you feel so sorry for. I'll be your friend. <laughs> oh my God. Ugh. Um, this has been kind of a bummer of an episode. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna like do some jumping jacks or um make a gratitude list, something that's gonna get me in a better mood for the second half. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, we're back. I did not get up and do jumping jacks, but I did kind of like reset, you know? Um, It's just been a long day. I woke up so early, went to this coffee shop to send in the show. I ran into my friend Greg. I do have a friend, Greg Warren, local comedian Greg Warren, who I've known since I started stand-up here. Um, He's my friend. I do have friends. I have uh, another friend, Sean O'Brien, who is hilarious, who is helping me find a car um, I do have friends in town. I don't mean to say that I don't. And I do have lots of people who want to be my friends. So I don't mean to act like I just have no friends and no one wants to be my friend. That is not the case at all. I am very blessed that so many people feel like they're already friends with me. I just got a message from a girl that was like, I feel like we're best friends. I think I read it yesterday. I mean, come on. How blessed am I? Fucking love it. I just feel, um, Nikki, who cares how you feel? Uh, well, you want your whole life not addressing your feelings, so maybe use this podcast as a way to put them out there. Okay, Nikki, I will. Now I'm just talking to myself. Um, what I was going to say was um, I get a lot of DMs. I just want to say today I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with the DMs. I have appreciated every clump of hair, every messy room, every moment you've sent, every suggestion for a car, every suggestion for about ADHD, every time you tell me that you love the podcast, but I can't keep up with all of it, and it's so nice. I, I want to say keep it coming, but please don't be mad if I never even get back to you, because I just can't. It's, I think it's starting to affect my mental health because I just feel like all these people are constantly writing me paragraphs about how much I mean to them and I can't write back to them all and I just feel terrible about it. So thank you to everyone who writes paragraphs and says you don't need to write back to this. But when you write that, man, I want to write back even more. Um, but yeah, someone just sent me a cur moment that I wanted to share with you. Um, thank you to Des. Um, good moment. I just exited a restroom at a campsite. There's mask signs posted everywhere, but a gaggle of girls in their 20s came in as I was leaving. One of them read the sign and declared, whatever, I'm a rebel. Without thinking, I rolled my eyes and muttered, from under my mask. 
thinking you t- you're too hot for a mask is the ultimate cut. Agreed, sister. Thank you for sharing that cut. Um, I also wanted to read some other DMs that I've collected along the way because I, just my thoughts right now are so negative and I don't want to bum anyone else out and I don't want people to be like, Nikki, all you are are negative. So let's read some positive com- comments from people um, who have sent in things to the show. Even though I just yelled at you for... <laughs> To not DM me anymore, which I don't. I don't mean. I actually mean like, keep DMing me because it does make me feel good. I just have to say that every time I, it's gotten. I guess the listenership is up. I don't know what's going on. We're selling lots of ads, which I'm so excited. Thank you guys for supporting the show through the ads. Um, and my DMs are fucking on fire. Like every time I open my phone, I have 20 new DMs from people who are writing paragraphs about the fact that they listen. And it is always the cutest girls and the sweetest guys. And I just love it. I'm really, I'm really appreciative and grateful that y'all listen. So thank you. I just said y'all, and I'm going to note that. I said it like my friend Sarah Schaefer, which by the way, Sarah Schaefer, I don't know if you know this, but um, we had my first podcast I ever did was with Sarah Schaefer. We started it together in 2011. The story behind that is Sarah and I met at a party uh, a comedy party. I had just moved um, to, maybe it was 2010. You know, it was like winter of 2010. I had just moved to New York. I had lived at home with my parents from the spring of 2009 until the summer of 2010. And then I moved to New York. Before then, I was living in LA. I was broke. I ran out of money, moved back home with my parents, stayed here for a year and a half. And then I moved to New York and I really started over. I had friends there, like Amy Schumer was my friend. And she had promised me, like, I'll, take you under my wing I'll show you around town which she really did I mean talk about a great friend um and she was just like don't worry move here and you're gonna be all set like you'll have friends you're gonna have a support system and it was awesome it was a lot easier to move there than the idea of moving back to New York now like moving to New York then was more exciting than moving back there now where all of my friends are like either living in the Hamptons with their boyfriends or um or at their brother's Hamptons house shout out to Andrew Collin or um I don't know. I just don't feel like I just there's something about moving back to New York that just doesn't I died. I'm not ready to do it yet. But back in 2010, I moved to New York and I had I had done the Tonight Show. I had done Last Comic Standing. I was I had re-auditioned for Last Comic Standing, I think that summer and I got on. So I had a little bit of credit, but like it didn't it doesn't go that far in town. Re- what really goes far is people vouching for you and especially someone like Amy Schumer, which she popped off. You didn't know about Amy Schumer probably until 2012, maybe 2013. So although she wasn't as famous, even as close to as famous as she is now, then she had a lot of clout in the city because she's just one of the best comics and, and had been for a while. She's just someone who just ask any New York comic and, and Amy Schumer is the, you can say whatever you want about her. And I know a lot of people have opinions about her, but she's one of my favorite comics of all time. And one of the funniest people ever. And she's just an incredible comedian and very well respected in this, in the, by New York standups. She's fucking legit. And so she took me around to clubs and I hung out with her a ton when I first moved there. And I was doing my own thing too because she was in at clubs and I was kind of just still doing open mics, trying to make friends, drinking a lot. I met Sarah Schaefer one night at a, a comedy party. We were, I was remember we were eating some dip and I just, there was this girl there and Justin Timberlake came on the sound like the soundtrack the soundtrack to the party <laughs> um what is it called the playlist whatever it was in 2010 i don't even know that there were playlists 
But Justin Timberlake came on and we were both talking about how much we liked his music and that he like needed to come back to music. At this point, Justin had not released an album for fucking forever. He was like away from music. And we were talking about like we wanted him to come back to music. So we started talking and then and I was kind of drunk and she was kind of drunk. And then we were talking about we got on the subject of podcasts and how everyone had one. I mean, this was 2010 and we were talking about how everyone has a podcast. There's no point in starting one. And then we were like, I have no one to start it with. And she was like, I have no one to start with. And we like were like, we should start one. We had just met. And she was like, if you're serious, I'm serious. I'll do it. And I, I was like, I'll do it. So the next Monday, I mean, this was like a Saturday. That Monday I went to, she worked at Jimmy Fallon at the time. She was like the head blogger at Jimmy Fallon. I went to 30 Rock and met her at a, you know, Aubin Pain down in the bowels of 30 Rock. And we talked and put together an idea for a podcast and we started doing it and it took off. It was called You Had to Be There and we would do it from her living room in uh, Clinton Hill, Brooklyn. And we would invite like a small audience of people over. We would interview comedians. We would have on musical guests and we got a big following from it. Eventually, a year later, we pitched a show to MTV, a TV show, a talk show. That got picked up, and we did two seasons of Nikki and Sarah Live on MTV. Um, and this f- dear friend of mine, who we became friends by working together, we did not know each other before we partnered. Um, we went through so much together. You know, we had our ups and downs. But this bitch just wrote a book. And I think one of the chapters about me, she sent me the chapter about me uh, as like, to read and I never read it because it's just I was just too scared to read it not because it was going to be bad but because it's just too emotional you know me I don't like to say goodbye I don't like to like look back on things I don't like to reminisce because it makes me so sad that it's over so I never read it but she has a new book out today and I really recommend it because Sarah is someone who I'm gonna like cry just talking about it she lost her mom um in early adulthood in uh to cancer oh boy I was just talking about that too good Christ um But she is just someone who is so smart and has done so much work on herself. She was married. She divorced at a very young age. She is um, now in a relationship that she's been in for as long as I've known her to another comedian um, slash director named Scott. She just has she's so smart and I I just can't wait to read it. I'm going to start reading it tonight. So I'll be talking about it probably for the next couple of weeks. But if you want to read it with me, I really recommend getting it. And it would be just such a great way to support someone who's writing their first book, their first memoir. Sarah also wrote on my show, Not Safe. Um, She is someone, she's just the best. And uh, if you don't already follow her, it's Sarah Schaefer, S-A-R-A-S-C-H-A-E-F-E-R. And her new book is called Grand. And um, I can't wait to read it. Read it with me. So, um, congrats to Sarah Schaefer. But, man, we've been through so much. I think reading the book is really going to bring up a lot for me um, because, oh, man, we just struggled so much doing that show. It was our first time having a TV show, and it was it, either of us, and we felt so much pressure to look a certain way and to be a certain way. We learned so much. We both were struggling separately and didn't talk to each other about a lot of stuff and then later talked to each other about stuff there was a lot of animosity there were days that were really hard there were days that were so like we'd cry together I remember one time in particular we were doing a commercial for Kia and we had to dance with the hamsters remember those Kia hamsters we were doing this whole thing for the VMAs it was this whole um, series of where the, the hamsters got like hot they like lost weight we were in a workout class with them and then they were in like tuxedos and we went to the VMAs with them 
and we had to like go party with them. There was one scene where we were helping them um, pick out an outfit for the VMAs, and we were in this dressing room in the commercial, and I had to memorize this line, and I could not get the line. Like, there's something about this line. I could not deliver it the way I wanted to, and I, I had to go into one of the fake dressing rooms and cry during it because I was so overwhelmed with how I couldn't say, acting's fucking hard is what I'm saying. You think it's just like, just say the line, but sometimes the way you want to say it will not come out of your fucking face. It's crazy. And I couldn't get this line and everyone wanted to go to lunch and it was, it was just so awkward. There were so many people on set. It was like this big shoot and everything was being held up because I couldn't get this line and I just felt crazy and I couldn't do it, you guys. I just couldn't. So I ended up going back into this fake dressing room and being in this like little dressing room and she came in with me and was like are you okay and like I couldn't really cry because I didn't want to fuck up my makeup and make things last even longer so I was just pushing it down and she like talked me through it and it was so emotional and some guy on set made me cry because in between it was already getting to the point where it was uncomfortable how many takes I was needing to get it and in between one take they were kind of like resetting lights or something and one of the um, crew members said to another crew member oh did you hear Melissa Etheridge died and I was like, oh, oh, my God. And I'm not like a huge Melissa Etheridge fan, but like that was really sad to me. And yeah, he was like, she drowned. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, I was like very like, what? And he goes, yeah, they found her face down in Ricky Lake. It was a joke. And I like and he goes, whoa, you got so sad. And I was like. Well, because I thought someone died tragically and then he was laughing and then everyone was laughing at me. And that that's when I just couldn't get the line. And I started I went into the room and started crying. And then it looked like I was just crying because Melissa Etheridge had almost died. And everyone was like, whoa, like, don't joke about lesbians tragically dying around Nikki Glaser. It became like a thing on set. I mean, it was so awkward. But Sarah, I'll never forget. So many, thank God I had someone to go through all of that with. I was so lucky. She's like an older sister that I've always wanted. And um. And she'd probably hate me saying older sister, but she's just so wise. She's not that much older than me, but she's she's been through a lot of things that I haven't. She always, yeah. Talk about I don't have friends. I'm thinking about someone who I haven't really reconnected with in so many years. Like, we've we've stayed in touch, but, like, she's someone that I count as, like, a best friend. And look at me. I'm not even reaching out to her when I, when I feel, like, so friendless in St. Louis. She's just a phone call away. So this has been a nice little reflection. Let me get to this email and then we'll, we'll we'll wrap it up for today. So buy her book Grand. Go do it now. Get the you know how I read on my phone, right? Make the font super big. Get it on iBooks. Get it on Kindle. Read on your phone. Make the font super big, and make the screen black so it doesn't hurt your eyes. And then boom, zip on through it. Okay, here's the DM. This is from Craig Williams. This is in reference to um, when I was complaining that people. Um, say that I look great when I'm have like post a really pretty picture with a bunch of hair and makeup and, and outfit and then they never say I look pretty when I'm not wearing uh, and when I look like when I don't have makeup on and wearing a regular outfit so it makes me depressed because it feels like oh the only way people like me is if I'm like have this fake facade yada 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 you've heard me say this a, b- a billion different ways so this guy writes Craig Williams I have a thought about people commenting on your looks allow me to mansplain love it a lot of love it that's my Paris Hilton. A lot of people, especially guys, finally, have learned that it's not cool to comment on someone's looks because that's just one small facet of who they are as a total person. If I see a pic of you sitting around with Marion and your parents, I may think you look so attractive, but I wouldn't say so because it would feel creepy. But when you post a glam shot, it feels more appropriate to comment on how good you look because that pic is about the one element of you 
is about one element of you. I felt it was okay to finally write that you're really beautiful. Picks about your looks looks like it. Picks about your looks invite comments about looks. Picks not about that seem off limits to that kind of reaction. Boom, Craig Williams, you nailed it. I have never thought about it that way. And that is why I love when you guys write me DMs reflecting on things I talk about on the podcast. So continue to do it. I might not get to all of them, but I appreciate you so much. Thank you for letting me really ramble this episode. I'll try to keep it a little bit more, um, uh, you know, tight the rest of the week. God, every day I'm trying to keep it so tight. Um, thanks guys. And, uh, yeah, write to me about stuff you want me to talk about. I need topics. I love you. And thank you also for sending so many suggestions of songs for me and my dad to parody. That was so cool. A lot of you. Oh, and I also want to say so many people guessed who my new celebrity crush is. So many people were wrong. Only one person got it right. Ding, ding, ding. You got it right. And I told her she did. Good job. So the answer is out there. I will update you if I ever DM him, but I don't think I will because like I said, I'm not ready for a relationship yet. And I want to be really ready when I finally, um, uh, go after I was just gonna try to think of someone funny to say that I was really feeling feelings towards but all that was coming to mind was Regis Philbin and he just died so that wasn't that's not that funny um all right guys squirt squirt and jackpot this has been a comedy central podcast